Okay. Welcome everyone. A workshop <laughs> on a theme that uh, I guess it attracts you, otherwise you wouldn't have joined in on it. And uh, Brahma Vihara, sublime abiding places, and in colloquial terms, this is the realm of the the spirit and the realm of the heart. And these two terms, spirit, heart, um, means it's quite a refined uh, experience, quite a refined level of experience. It's spiritual rather than sensory, but it's heartful. And this actually is the proper abode of the spirit, chitta, heart. You mostly see this translated as mind, but I think I would take issue with that. Um, because this is the seat of our intentions, um, our pains, our joys, our aspirations, our depression. Uh, and I wouldn't call that mind. You know, it's a seat of where we jump up and run, where we sink down, where we feel excited or cool or calm. I wouldn't call that mind. This is chitta. Heart, reasonable translation, word for it. And uh, <laughs> and all that the particular perspectives that come from that, because this is a troubled heart in our daily life. It's often overwhelmed with um, worries and concerns that come from the mind, things we think about, things we notice, things we dread, things we feel concerned about deductions we make about the future and so forth. So the mind, that which thinks and forms concepts, drops this material into the heart. The heart, uh, at a certain point, is just kind of overwhelmed. can't process anymore. So it kind of closes or it gets agitated or it sinks down or, it just, or sometimes it just retires altogether. You don't feel much at all. Yeah. So this realm... We'd also recognize there are times when the heart is quite open. We feel a sense of love, we feel a sense of uh, unity, uh, we feel a sense of gratitude, generosity, forgiveness, uh, things that really make human beings very, very special. Uh, that we can overcome suffering, we can overcome abuse we can overcome our fear which you can't do from a rational mind perspective you can yes i should be yes i should be yes i should be i'll try but it's only the heart or the spirit that can do that i use the word spirit because this is also also the place of not just emotion but aspiration you know i can rise i wish to rise up i wish to you know uh, and I can be a little larger or more complete or more fulfilled than I was. I can reach into something beyond just the sensory realm of birth, death, change, comings and going. So this is chitta. And clearly this is uh, very much the beauty of the human being, their grandeur. We can overcome the limitations of this rather 
kind of limited physical form. And even the limitations of our incredible thinking minds, which we can't think our way out of depression. We can't think our way out of sadness. We can't think our way out of rage. We can't think ourselves into joy. And really, what else is important than to be able to do this? And we can see certainly, you know, where our thinking capacity has taken us. It's certainly a prodigious tool. And we have developed such things as this particular technology that enables me to talk to you. And we developed all kinds of other amazing things, flying through the air and uh, medicines and being able to smash atoms under mountains in Switzerland. And, and we developed some pretty nasty things, amazing weapons and bombs. And we developed social structures and we developed some terrible social structures, repression, um, tyranny, um, inequalities. We've invented stuff called money that begins to take over people's hearts. Yeah. And our thinking mind is capable of doing either of these, you know, from something quite fantastically, seemingly life enhancing to something that is life destroying or life limiting, life crushing. Surely this mind needs to be led by the heart. Nothing wrong with technology by itself, it's how we use it. You know, there's nothing wrong with our brains, it's how we use them. You know, and just imagine if we could use these brilliant thinking capacities to concern ourselves with how the welfare of other beings and our own welfare, the sustaining of life on this planet rather than exploitation for financial gain. If you give this incredible thinking system that can send missions out to take photographs of Pluto and yet cannot somehow has not got round to fixing life on Earth to the point where we seem to be destroying it. Yeah, if we had the brain to be able to send a spaceship off to photograph planet Pluto, couldn't we turn it towards making life on Earth more? <laughs> more nourishing and less destructive you know is it that much of a, is it so difficult <laughs> because because it's not backed up by by the will of the spirit the aspiration of the spirit and the the warmth and the embracing quality of the heart yeah so we see at this time we see a, a world of incredible opportunities yet we see massive inequalities we see people in famine we hear of people in famine we see conflicts terrible machines of destruction all corners of the earth human beings doing this constantly over thousands of years you know and we see the destruction of the environment you know, it's no longer a a notion or a vision, it's an actuality that you're probably reading about most every day. Yeah. And we say, and we thought, oh, what's why is that? Or oh, because they're bad people. Or oh, it's because of the economy. 
you need to do this because of the economy. Well, okay. <laughs> or we need to do this because it's against our ideological system. Or we need to do it because it because God told us to, or God allows us to. Where do these structures, economy, other people, uh, our rights, where do they come from? They come from our minds, create these and believe in these. What's an economy? Does it stand up and walk? Um, yeah. And yet we can say, are we sorry we can't stop you know, cutting down the trees because it's bad for the economy? Okay, you know, so where's this economy thing? <laughs> you know, is it, couldn't we change the economy? So there are fundamental um, continual, uh, not just this is maybe getting topical, but they're almost systemic problems that have uh, arisen for human beings time immemorial uh, and have become more endemic these days, seemingly. First one, we tend to seek ourselves as somehow separate from the rest of creation. Yeah, there's humans and there's everything else. So it's, you know, we're separate from nature. And so now we can observe it. We talk about nature as being something that we look at or think about. We're not part of it. We're somehow outside of it. We're separate from it. Then because we're separate from it, whether we're in a particular position from it, well, the particular position we have is we are, in fact, superior. We are the supreme creature. We are the supreme event in the universe is creation of the human being. Now, of course, human beings are incredibly wonderful creatures, but they can't swim like a dolphin. We're also incredible creatures. Yeah. They can't hunt like a wolf. We're also incredible creatures. Yeah, you can't fly like a bird. We're also incredible creatures. In fact, on the list of creatures, you know, we can't do what a worm does, which is vital for the soil of the planet. Actually, if we died out tomorrow, it wouldn't make much difference to the rest of the planet. If worms cease to exist, we'd be in big trouble. Bees, if they cease to exist, we would be finished. But if we dropped dead, if we wiped out, no problem. Few cats will probably lose their dinner. But we're separate from all that and we're the most important thing. This is a kind of sort of a blind spot, you might say. Also, with this sense of separation, we could be feel we're separate from those people who live over the other side of the world. There are other people. We seem separate with people who live, you know, ten blocks away, or the, the other side of the tracks, you know. Or it's the people of different Languages were separate from them. Different skin colorations were different from them. You know? So there's incredible divisions. And of course, with that division, you know, well, who's the better? Who, when you, once you get a division, measuring, comparing, and then, well, which is my team, and I want my team to be the succeeding team, or I feel really angry if my team is getting less than your team. You know? mm. So does separation from other human beings. We also experience a sense of separation from our bodies, you know, which as we perhaps spend some time in meditation, we might um, look into that. I'll take some time for some meditation in a little while. Um, 
Yeah, like, you know, where where are you? Most people probably oh, sort of think they live in their head. You know, imagine sort of somewhere up in my brain is where I am. You know, and I kind of look out through these eyes and I'm behind here. There's this kind of body thing underneath it. Sometimes you're not really aware of your back or your feet or your arms or, you know, but the head. So, so you really don't have a lot of embodied intelligence separate from that. And the body tends to be something you kind of, okay, you know, dress it up, fix it, put some pills in it, you know, make it try and look reasonably good. Um, but really, my intelligence is somewhere else in the body. So that's the most important thing. And I will tend to try to make the body fit what I want it to be. And I'm sort of somewhere in this abstract realm. Yeah. And even more fundamentally and more problematic, we're even separated from the nature of mind, nature of heart. You know, particularly the nature of heart. We know about thoughts. We don't necessarily know about the kind of experiences the Buddha talked about, such as uh, rapture, ease, uh, uh, sublime peace, depths, where the sense realm disappears. Where the jitta is just sitting in itself and not receiving sense input. We don't know about that. We're separate from that. We tend to think the mind is a brain thing. You can plug some electrodes into it and measure it. And that's where it is. And this means we're also separate from the potentials of the heart. We tend to limit ourselves very much to a secular materialist mindset for our happiness. We don't realise necessarily that happiness is an innate feature of heart. So we're looking for it somewhere else. That openness and freedom is an innate feature of heart. So we're looking for it somewhere else. Something else will give it to us. We lost sight of our own treasure. You know? And means we were separate from the results of our actions. Mm-hmm. You know? human actions and it's somebody else's you know what happened don't sometimes people just don't realize that everything they do and say has an effect they shape you what you do doesn't just affect other people it also shapes you you become the result of how you act it shapes your heart fearful joyful generous uh, restricted arrogant, humble. These are definite tendencies and traits that come from results of our actions and environments. So if we don't really look after our hearts, we don't really know what they are properly. Maybe just kind of inconvenient emotional surge. But that's, that's, not, that's just superficial. So the sense of separation is the fundamental obstacle that creates this discord and with the removal of separation then there's a natural flowing of heartful qualities into the body into your how you see things into your views of the world into your relationships with other people into your actions and this fruitful relationship Fruitful flowing is called the flowing of goodwill, of which we have metta, 
translated generally as a kind of kindness or a sense of um, you know, an interest in an interest in being present and having some putting something in there of a positive nature, like a feeding quality. Mikta. Something in his wishes to feed, nourish, you know, because it's joyful, it's happy. Um, and we have also the quality of what called karuna, something in us shivers with concern for the welfare of others, feels you know, a sense of wanting to, to cool the pain, wanting to protect, you know, a, a sort of instinct to look after others if they're broken or damaged or angry or upset rather than shut them down get rid of them i want to be there and help them or protect them from harm mudita that in us which wishes to uh, share goodwill share and enjoy the fruits of of goodwill rather than being jealous of other people's fortune we can share Oh, it's so wonderful that she's having a good day. It's so wonderful that he got the reward. I'm so pleased. The sense of sharing in fortune, and even in our own fortune. I'm so grateful that I have my, my body is intact, and I've got some food today, and nobody's bothering me, you know. Mudita, very important to clear some of the despond and the frictions that we can experience. And the last one, upeka, equanimity, the ability to maintain, be sensitively present, emotionally present through the ups and downs, without no closing down on the downside and no jumping out on the good side, staying steady through the waves of effects of existence. These are big topics. Uh, but to say these are part of our nature. They're called the treasures of a gone forth person. Go forth, you go forth into the spirit, into the heart. So this is the kind of uh, the need and the topic that I wish to um, address